You dare to have a dream, and we dare have the audacity to take you there. This show isn't about the romance of being an entrepreneur. This show is about the grit it takes to get to the glory. You're hearing from the founders that took nothing and turned it into something. A show where passion meets purpose, where thinking equals doing. This is The Entrepreneur Show. This is This Startup Story. Welcome to another episode of This Startup Story. Spencer Rodney, founder of Our House Barbershop and Beauty Salon, devoted to providing an unparalleled client experience in the cosmetology industry. We're going to sit down with Spencer and discover what it took to stand out in a saturated market and what it took to build his business one client at a time and how he's actually limiting his social media to grow his business. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Spencer, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome. I'm glad to have you as the very first guest of this startup story. So if you could just go ahead and uh, give the audience a little uh, a little intro into as to who you are, what your business is, and uh, what's bringing you on the show today. Well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate the welcome and the introduction. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Spencer Rodney. I am a barber a licensed barber. I've been a licensed barber now for almost 12 years. I grew up near the Lancaster-Palmdale area. I graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a degree in marketing. I am married. I have one beautiful son and a beautiful daughter on the way. She will be born February 7th. I currently own a barbershop in Bellflower, California, where I have three barbers underneath my belt and we are working and thriving. That's super awesome, and congratulations on the, I, I knew about your son, I didn't know you had a had a little one on the way, that's exciting. Yeah, I think you left, you might have moved right when we found out. <laughs> right when oh found yeah. Out. <laughs> well now you might have to open a second shop with, uh, with another one on the way. You know, I gotta keep it coming, I gotta keep building. Yeah, so talking about just, just having a barbershop and, and having gone to school. I know there's a lot of people, especially nowadays, talking about the, the opportunity cost of going to college versus either going to a trade school or going to the four-year university route. So can you just kind of give us your insight is, did you know you wanted to be a barber before you went to college or, or how did that come about? Well, when I graduated from high school, I just assumed like most, you know, most young adults feel like, hey, go to college, go to a four-year college, get a degree, and then go look for a job. While I was in high school, though, I was cutting hair just for fun, just my friends, maybe teammates uh, and some of the sports I participated in. But once I got to college, my, I believe my sophomore year of college, um, my mom had suggested, hey, why don't you go to barber school and get your license and you can kind of have a side, you know, make some side money. And so at first, the first idea was I had, I loved being a barber, but I didn't think I'd be what I was today. Um, so it was a pretty stressful time because uh, I was trying to balance barber school and a full-time schedule at Cal State Fullerton at the time. So I was, most of my days consisted of class in the morning from about 7 a.m. until about 12 p.m. and then I would go to barber school from about 12 p.m. to maybe like 7 or 8 a.m. at 8 p.m. at night and then I would proceed to whatever job or homework or studies I had at the time. Um, so that was so, kind of how it all started. That's that's and you started like in the midst of college so it wasn't like you're like in the beginning days so it's not like you you really had a lot of uh, you you were close to the the final stretch of things, so no, no, I, yeah, this was like yeah, this was probably the hardest year of my life uh, with bar, full time barber school and full time college, and I had two jobs, so I was get out of you here. know <laughs> yeah I was I, I I had an idea in my mind I had somewhat of where I wanted to be in life, so I was like well let me just knock it out I think I can do this you know so just going going back to the school school piece really quick so what made you keep going to school when, when, I mean, your, your quickest path to money probably was 
hey, let me just finish barber school and then I'll and then I'll finish school. What made you kind of stick that through? Was it family or you were trying to? to what? Um, it was a lot of it wasn't necessarily family. It was a lot more of me uh, with the combination of family. But, you know, essentially, even with going to barber school, I didn't believe that barbering was going to be my like lifelong career until years later. You know, um, it was I was telling somebody a pretty interesting story. One of the guys that I was cutting, um, you know, he was an older gentleman, maybe in his, I don't know, early 40s at the time. And he had asked me a question because he had kind of watched me start as a barber once I got my license. And um, about three years in, this is after barber school, um, while I was still in college, because I had completed barber school by the beginning of my junior year of college. Um, so then I, while still going to school, I had got a job working in Anaheim at a barbershop. And um, he had asked me a question maybe two years in with my license. And he said, hey, man, like, you're about to graduate from college now. When are you going to start looking for a real job? And that hurt a little bit. It took a jab at that entrepreneurial mindset that I was starting to develop and that drive and that fire and that hunger to become an entrepreneur. When he said that, because I value his opinion, it, it, it made me feel like I had wasted my time with barbering, you know? Right. Um, so what happened was, it almost broke me, but what it ended up doing, it, it, it turned something on in me to make you want to prove the entire world wrong. Like, I'm going to show all of you guys that I could do everything imaginable with cutting hair. And uh, so I just, I kept cutting, you know, I, in my mind, like I said, when I was in college, I thought I was going to get some job working for, I, I don't know, somebody <laughs> doing some type of marketing gig or whatever the case may be. Like, cause in my, like I said, in my mind, that's what I presumed life was about. You graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you start a family, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So, um, so once so I fully made it up, uh-huh. Well, I was just going to ask, so you kind of hit on two things there, uh, like two tracks based on what society says, get a job or go to, graduate college, or go, I guess graduate high school first, <laughs> graduate high school, <laughs> go to college, get a job. And then while you're in the midst of doing the traditional track, you have someone that says, hey, when are you going to get a real job? That, do you know if that guy was an employee? Um, at the time, he was an employee. You know, he actually started his business um, a little later or some some time after that, but at the time he was an employee. Did, did did you ever bring that up? Bring that up to him? Hey, do you? Yeah, you remember when he said that? You know, I never bring it back up, but I to this day I cut his hair, and it's refreshing because I told myself I'd never rub anything in anybody's face that tried to either discourage me or or throw me off track. I always just used it for fuel, and to this day I cut his hair, and he completely for, forgot that he said it i'm assuming because now that he has now that i've been cutting his hair now for almost seven years and wow. uh now that he sees me as a business owner thriving he's just the conversation is completely different he's like man i've seen you start from the bottom you know you becoming a barber and you starting your own business i'm so proud of you you know it's just this different and i don't even know if he meant it in that manner when he did say what he said some years ago but it's just interesting to see the night and day responses from, I proved him wrong pretty much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, definitely. I, I've, I've, um, I've done everything that I've set my mind to definitely with the help of God and my wife and family. So I, I just, that, that has been, I feel at this point, as long as I have those, those three motivating factors, like I said, God, my wife and my family, like I could pretty much do whatever I want. So, I mean, that's, I mean, there were a lot of kind of pull and push factors. So you had to have some kind of driving force. Do you think a lot of it was this, I'm going to prove you wrong or how much of it was, do you feel like you were just born and born an entrepreneur? You, did you have that entrepreneurial gene or did, was there something like, I know a lot of people read these different books or like the, the four hour work week or rich dad, poor dad, like what? Was there something like that that made you think, I really should go the entrepreneurial route? 
or was it maybe being in you the know, job? You know what it was? Something that you said at the beginning, you're like, you're a people person. People drive me, you know, um, helping my community, helping change society, however I can express and show love to the world, to be honest with you, is really a big driving factor for me. And um, uh, I realized as a barber, you get to do that as freely and as often as you want all of the time, you know? So um, I knew that I had, I believed uh, from maybe about like maybe seventh grade, I believed that I had the ability to lead people. Uh, People listened to me and I was a pretty decent talker (laughs) Uh, in seventh grade. I became the seventh grade ASB president and from seventh grade all the way up until my senior year of high school, I was the ASB president. So every year, and I think something maybe as, as a, at a younger age, it was the ability, having the ability to talk and influence people inspired me. But then as I got older, I realized like, man, like I really could change the world, you know, um, people listen to what I have to say based off of the time that I take to uh, build rapport with these people, take time to get to know these people, invest in in people. And now it's just like become this, you know, overwhelming part of me that I I can't turn it off at this point. I just want to, I want more of it. I want to, how can I help more? How can I do more? How can we change the world more each and every day through, you know, the small things, you know, a lot of people may look at a haircut, like it's just a haircut, but, you know, um, some of these people I've been cutting now for almost the entire time, the 12 years that I've been a barber and just to see the progression of their lives and some of the things that they tell me about how I've impacted or helped them through certain times or gave, given them perspective on different things. It's really, you know, um, it means a a lot to me. And it, it just, like I said, that gives me, that's more fuel to just keep going and keep pushing. Right. And with barbershops, I mean, like you see in the movies, uh, barbershops have this sense of community. So it's not like maybe one of these businesses, like an online business or maybe some kind of sales business where you're just turning people over every day. You're constantly, I mean, almost in a sense, selling yourself as to why, one, you're the best, you have the best community as a barber um, or your shop has the best community um, and why why people should keep coming to you. So, so what was that like in the beginning realizing like, Hey, I mean, I know I've been to barbers and I thought, "Mm, there's just something just not hitting here. I probably won't be coming back. And maybe it could have been that it was a good cut, but the barber didn't say anything to you or you just felt like an uncomfortable vibe or so. So what was that like in the beginning? having to really build your business one person at a time, one cut at a time. You know, I think that that being that that was already my personality, I'm a talker and I like to get to know people. See, I'm most people are afraid. Well, not, let me not say most, but some feel that if no one speaks to me, I I shouldn't speak to them. I'm the opposite. Like if I see you, I'm going to start talking to you. I feel like, (laughs) I don't know what, what, what about it in me that pushes me to do that. But, um, in the beginning, I felt like it was pretty easy because I already had a desire to talk and to get to know people, you know? So, um, I will say that, uh, like you, like you just said, um, you've been to other barbershops, maybe the experience wasn't what you thought or the communication wasn't there or the, uh, comfortability wasn't there. Um, what I've learned in business period is that what I'm actually still learning in business is that a lot of people buy, um, experience, uh, uh, products, services, everything is pretty subjective across the board. You know, uh, what I like, somebody else might not like, and what that person likes, I might not like. So to say that there is this one perfect haircut or one perfect barber at when you really start to understand business, it doesn't really exist, but what does exist and what can exist is the overall customer experience. I make people feel like they've never felt before. And whether they feel like that's the haircut or whether they feel like it's the conversation or whether they feel like it's me when I welcome them when they come in or how I remember their names or remember the last conversation we had about their families, whichever one it is, I want to make sure that each client 
as I as I grew as a barber, I wanted to make sure that each client knew that I, I like I was worried about your day to day. You know, like I don't want you to come here, get a haircut, give me money, and we forget that we exist. You know, like I've take literally taken the time to get to know some of these people to the extent of I've been to some of these people's funerals. Um, I've been in some of these people's weddings. Um, I've been to, yeah, I mean, across the board of just the relationships that we've built, uh, with a lot of these, uh, of these, these, uh, we, I say friends, you know what I'm saying? Because they're no longer clients. When, when you get to know somebody, you build a different relationship. And, um, I've engaged with these people well outside of the barbershop over these last few years. Wow. That's beautiful. And it just goes to show that I think, especially nowadays with, social media and and people becoming a little more distant now they have the technology to become closer but they've become a lot more distant um, right relationships become a little more transactional versus versus interactional or versus engaging um very true and so so i mean what what about your parents were your, were your parents entrepreneurs or are they um no, neither one of my parents are entrepreneurs. I really don't have any <laughs> entrepreneurs. I think I, in my, uh, I'm trying to think in my like whole family, like aunts, uncles, everybody. I don't really know of any entrepreneurs. I didn't really have like an example like that. I just kind of took what I had, the skills that I had, and I just ran with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even. I don't have a concrete answer. Um, you know, both of my parents, they're hardworking people. Uh, my dad, for the most part of his life, has worked uh, for Chevron uh, in the refinery, uh, uh, manufacturing like jet fuel and stuff. And then my mom, she's been a teacher's aide for a good majority of her uh, career. So, you know, like I said, I'm of my siblings, I'm the only one. <laughs> of my cousins, I think I'm the only one. I have an older cousin. Um, he's an artist. Uh, he's a pretty, uh, pretty big artist uh, in the jazz world. Well, pretty much all over the world. Uh, his name is Kamasi Washington. But he's of the two, of all of the cousins. I think me and him kind of took our own, took our art, uh, and created a business out of it um, at young ages. So, so, um, so there's. That's really interesting because you, you hear a lot of people that that especially, you know, at the the I guess the top tiers of either uh, business or finance or a lot of them came from parents that maybe weren't entrepreneurs or didn't have the, the, the silver spoon. Not to say that was everyone because there's a lot of people that that just had advantages what was that like? What was there any kind of pushback from your family or were they, were they super supportive or what did that look like for you? Um, you know, my, my parents have always been super supportive. They, they've never said no, or you're not going to make it or you can't do it. They've always encouraged me to do whatever my heart desired, you know, and, and been there to support me to the best of their ability, you know, uh, for all of my life. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. And then just the, their work ethic, definitely has given me a sense of don't quit <laughs> you know keep going just keep going keep going keep going even when you're tired and even sometimes it's not the best mentality but that's how i was taught just to to push through put your head down and push through right. um and like i said coming into business you know i met me and my i know this is not necessarily off topic but this kind of has a lot to do with it is you know when i met my wife um and i when i was introduced to her family you know i got a new perspective on um, just drive and um, business. Uh, so the combination of both families, the, the combination of both perspectives helped me out a lot. Uh, like I said, having my, me and my wife met when we were in college. So having her by my side this entire time has definitely pushed me like literally no other. You know, she's not an entrepreneur, but she is very driven. And that drive and um that push that she has 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 helped me get to all of these levels in life you know like i said first and foremost of course god but the help of my wife has allowed me 
to um, elevate on a level where I didn't think I would have elevated to um, without her. That's, and that kind of you kind of led me into what I was going to ask you is that so I knew I know for me and you know my wife there's she's she's brilliant I mean she has uh, entrepreneurial leanings for sure but um, we're two different people we think about things differently but she has pushed my mindset and how I just look at being patient and resilient and how how to how to really invest into growing something meaningful, what that looks right. like. So what, what did that look like for you and your, actually, let's go to, let's go to the beginning. Like take, I mean, you're Spencer 2019, but take us to where Spencer, like I'm getting ready to open day one. Um, you know, you're, it's you and your wife. Um, it's you're, you're taking the leap to be to be the guy, to be the one that's signing the bills, paying the checks. Take take us to what that looked like. What was your mindset mentality during that time? And why leave a why leave a barbershop where you, I'm assuming, had you had the stability? Yeah. I mean it's been a it's been a almost a ten year journey. Um well now, like I said, twelve year journey at this point when we opened up, which was two years ago, we opened up our house. Um so I was working in Anaheim uh, uh, at a barbershop that uh, groomed me and raised me. And I, you know, I appreciate that shop so much um, for developing me and my business go-getter mindset. But I just grew um, spiritually. As I started to grow spiritually, I started to see what I really wanted to do with barbering and how I really wanted to make an impact. And as I was growing spiritually, that kind of led me and my wife into believing that we could create something together that would, you know, change the world. Um, the name Our House, we were out together over some, some, some dinner and some drinks. And we were thinking, like, what would we name a barbershop if we had to, if we opened one up? You know, this was maybe like a year before we started putting the business plan together together. So this was probably around like 2015, early 2015, late 2014. Um, we had just sold our first home in Riverside and then we moved to Compton, California. And so we're just out, we're enjoying one another. And um, we're thinking like, well, we want, we want it to be about legacy. So we wanted to include our name in it. But then we were like, what encompass, encompasses everything that we believe, you know? Uh, in regards to barbering, so I was like, okay, Rod, Rodney's, Rodney's hair, originality, uniqueness, style, and excellence. And we were like, our house, that sounds wow. so cool, <laughs> you know? So we have our name and then we have everything that we strive for to focus on when we are working, you know, our values that we have for our shop. So uh, I started to work on the business plan. We put the business plan together. I was still working at the shop in Anaheim at the time. And it was hard because I knew my mind and my heart was being pulled out of the shop. So I was, I wasn't as present mentally there as I, as I was at the beginning, but you know, it's just any entrepreneur that has been given vision, it's, there's only a matter of time before that moment happens where you see something and your mind is focused on it and it's, everything else becomes dull, you know, around right. you. So um, after that, we came up with the name. Um, um, I had a couple people that had been following me that believed in the, in the vision. They ended up being some, some, uh, in, in investing in me, um, monetarily. And then we had a fundraiser, <laughs> you know, uh, my, my in-laws helped, uh, helped us put on a pretty big, pretty nice fundraiser at their church, uh, in Carson, California, Truth and Love Christian Church. And they helped us get together some money. We took that money and we were going to, you know, look for a building to rent out. Um, that year, me and, you know, it was hard because there was, it was a lot going on. You know, being married is, was, was, was uh, a task trying to open up a business. Our son was still right. pretty young. It was just a lot. That was a really hard year on our marriage on just life in general, trying to get everything done. And um, 
the following year. So that was in 16, 17-ish. So in 17, me and my wife had realized we wanted to kind of purchase another home. We were in the market looking for another house. We had gained some equity from our home in Compton. And, but being the entrepreneur that I was, I was like, well, we can't get another house because what about the business? We got to open up the business, you know? And we're praying about it. We're praying about it. You know, we're kind of bumping heads. And my wife, she's a, she's a bulldog when it comes to finding homes. Oh, she, oh she's tough. She, and she, and so she shows me this picture of this house with a little business at the bottom one day. And, you know, I was like, uh, she showed me the price and I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's a little bit out of the range. I don't know if we, I don't know if we could do that. And she was like, you know, babe, like if it's, if it's for us, it's for us. If it's not, it's not, you know, let God be the, let God determine whether it is or it isn't. And I was like, you know what? I love you and I trust you. Let's go check it out. So we go to check it out. And this is the current barbershop that we have now, our house, but we came to check it out and we were really looking at it for purposes of our home. You know, we weren't even thinking about the barbershop at the time, but we get here and we see these beautiful condo. Like, Oh my God, it'd be so nice to live in this new condo. And literally that's when I knew that this was like nothing but a divine <laughs> appointment because we showed up to, uh, for a walkthrough of the house and the business that was below the house before we even got here, it was already a hair salon. Get out so of here. It was already a hair salon. Of all the available units, this one was already a hair salon. And I'm just, we're looking at each other like, this is crazy. Like, because I've never even seen anything like this before. Neither had she. And we were like, oh my God, like we could live here and work here. Like that would be crazy. And, and, and you know, now we're just dreaming big, right? So then we go into how are we going to afford this, you know, because we had some, we had some decent equity from our Compton home and we were like, well, we got to figure these numbers out. So we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, we talked to countless people to help us out with qualifying for the home, getting the funds together, all these things and such. We talked with family members, you know, whatever we needed to do. Like when you at, when you said that question, like when you took that leap of faith, like we pulled out all the stops, brother, like whatever we could think of, whatever we could do, if we had to ask for help, whatever the case may be, we humbled ourselves to say, hey, let's take this super leap of faith and let's try to make this happen. And it happened. And the the reason I knew um, this was all God was because when we came up with that name, Our House, Jay, that was three years ago, man, before this happened we came up with a really? shop called our house yeah we came up with the name our house well before we even saw this i had incorporated the name i just was speaking faith i was like hey look this is what it's going to be called this is going to be the business plan these this is the mission here are the values and now we literally live where we work and it's called our house <laughs> your house is really your house <laughs> yes Yes, our house is literally our house. And, um, you know, we were a, a little hesitant to tell people that at first. And, and still, we, we, we don't like to just blast it all over the world. But for right. the most part, people that come and they know and they see, they know. But like I said, we stay prayed up and we focus on treating people right. So we always keep a positive vibe and positive energy coming in and out of the shop. But um, like I said, man... Yeah, that's and that's what we, that's what we strive for. So, like I said, this was um, this this let me know that there was something big coming out of what me and my wife put together, and there's a lot more to come. But um, like you said, that was how it happened. You know, I I was in tears when when we actually signed the documents for the whole unit. I was in tears because I'm like, wow, we spoke, we literally spoke our house into existence literally spoken into existence and just building i mean literally building that house brick by brick i mean that took a lot of patience and i mean to and i'm assuming during the times when things weren't necessarily going in your favor it took a lot of faith so 
so how did you continue to say, we're going to make this work even in at the, the bottom of the valley? How, how, how did you guys keep each other focused, especially, and I'm not sure if this has happened to you, but you might get into a, a funk at your job because you see what your vision is and your vision isn't, isn't catching up to what your reality is at the time. So, so what was your, how did you keep going? I guess that's my question. How, how did you keep pushing and, and driving? Um, you know, that's a tough, it's a tough question. Cause most people say, you know, when, when you like, when you're in it, you just don't know, you just, you feel this, you know, it's God later on because you don't know where the strength, the energy, you don't know where it came from at the time. You just look up a few years later, you're like, wow, look, we did it, <laughs> you know? And most people say, wow, I can't believe we made it through that. So, I, you know, like I said, me and my wife, we, we stuck together, we stuck it out. You know, like I said, it was creating something from, from scratch is hard. And it, it, it pulls a lot out of you. Uh, it takes you away from each other a lot. It it takes a lot of your time. It 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 can break you down. But we stuck it out. We stuck it out together. We 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 kept brainstorming. We kept asking questions. We kept reading. We kept anything that we could do to get. If if it was a baby step that we took, whatever steps that we could take, we just kept taking them. If it was Oh, let's think about purchasing this. Let's let's research this information about this license or this license or, you know, or, or how did this barbershop do whatever we could do um, to research on our own or to be advised by maybe an older mentor or something we did over that time. And like I said, just I believe God saw our diligence and our persistence and everything that we were doing. And it, it came into fruition after that. And so just to kind of recap, your wife doesn't work in a barbershop. No, she does. My wife, uh, Autumn Rodney, she's um, she's a full-time uh, L.A. County employee. Uh, she works for the Department of Child and Family Services. And, um, you know, that's that's what's given me so much more of the drive is that my wife, who, who works a 40-hour-a-week a job, and if anybody knows about DCFS, that's probably the toughest county job there is out there. And... Um, her, her being able to uh, lift me up and support me as an entrepreneur has been, you know, one of the most um, amazing things that I've ever felt in my life. You know, I tell her every day how much I appreciate her and thankful I am that she, you know, because it's not easy to have a concrete set in stone job and be with someone that does things that's more risky you know being an entrepreneur is risky it's not concrete so to be with somebody that sees um something that is concrete and to to to, to your spouse that doesn't have something that's concrete that takes a lot of faith too you know because there's a possibility that it might not work but her faith right. is strong she believed in me she said hey i'm in this with you if you're ready to do it she supported me when i needed her support whether it was just pep talks whether it was prayer whether it was financial whatever the case may be she's a you know like i said she's she's tough <laughs> she held it yeah. together yeah and and just listening to you speak you you say we a lot we and and oh man we were studying and we were working and and it sounds like you have a great support like like she's really a a, a pinnacle in your in your business yeah, my, my encouragement to any entrepreneur, if you're married, you know what I'm saying? Make it about you guys, you know. Um, if you make it about you guys, then the your, your, the combination of both minds and the drive of both people, not only does it enrich your union, uh, your marriage, it also gives you guys things to strive for together to keep your marriage fresh, to keep it building. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys got to keep building together. So you, I, to me, I believe and I believe in making it about us. Like people congratulate me. People say, man, Spence, you're holding it down. But I, I make sure say, Hey, I'm holding it down, but me and my wife is knocking this back. You know what I'm saying? Like it's us, you know? Um, it, Cause without her, this is, is literally impossible, you know? Um, Cause there were times where I had good ideas 
But there were times when she had better ideas and there were times where she had good ideas and there were times where I had better ideas. And like I said, the combination of both of us working together at it has turned this, you know, we're, we're, the, the, the shop and the direction that it's moving in, it's accelerating so fast. We're, you know, it, it can be overwhelming at times because things are moving so fast because we're humble enough to say, hey, what's your advice? What's your take on it? What's your take on it? You know? So it's moving at a pretty accelerated rate. Right. And it sounds like having your wife there with you has made you a better business person. Would that be a, would that be a pretty safe assessment? 1,000%. Because <laughs> yeah. she's the one person that can critique me that is in my, you know, you know, she's my inner circle. Um, right. It is difficult to hear constructive criticism from people. So it's, it's, it makes it, it doesn't necessarily make it easier to hear it from her, but I know 100% there's no ill feelings in her. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because sometimes when you hear constructive criticism from an outside source or somebody that's not in your inner circle, it could sound like hating. It could sound like animosity. It could sound like strife. But when it's somebody in your inner circle, because at the end of the day, when I win, she wins. So her constructive criticism is to help her win. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So, so it, I, it would behoove anybody that has, a, like I said, a spouse that invests their constructive criticism just to listen. I'm not saying you have to agree with it all the time or even do it, but taking it into consideration has helped me move a lot faster than some people are or some people have in business. Yeah, let's. and so it sounds like your wife has made an impact on you. And just going into your shop, it seems like there are other, uh, how, how should I phrase this? There are other women in your business that are impacting your business. So I want to get to that piece because uh-huh. when I was a kid, I'd, I'd go to barber shops that they only had guy barbers. And, right. and then when I got into high school, I went to a barber shop and had my first female barber and I went through, I went to her all through high school. And then when I moved out, out after high school and I would come back to town, she was the only person I would let touch my hair. And then, then I moved and I went to your shop and you guys were the only people touching my hair at the time. That's, that's something that I'm really excited to see that that opportunity is out there, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a lot of still a lot of, reluctance or resistance from guys that are going into barbershops that uh, getting their hair cut by the opposite gender. So yeah, what, what gave you the confidence or the integrity, I guess, to say, Hey, they are solid, solid barbers and they, they cut as great, if not better than a lot of the guys that are cutting. Yeah, I think, like I said, all four of our barbers in there, um, Gabe, uh, our new barber, Chevy, and our and our other barber, Janae, they're, they're all great. Um, the reason that me and my wife had believed to have a co-ed barbershop was based off of the vision of the overall Our House mission. You know what I'm saying? Like, our mission is to create community, to break down barriers, and to get men and women to coexist with one another respectfully. So, you know, culturally or traditionally, in a sense, um, the barbershop is a place where men come to let loose, in a sense. Right. And not necessarily, it doesn't have to be off the, over the top, but for the most part, it's guys be guys. And then in the hair salon, women be women. And me and my wife wanted to start to create an environment where men and women can coexist together, build together, learn together, learn how to respect each other a little bit better. So that's why we felt like we needed to bring in women so we could set a new standard, a new precedence for pretty much the entire industry. And it's pretty popular now. Like there are women barbers, there are co-ed barbershops, co-ed salons, whatever the case may be. But we're, if anything, I, I know I didn't start the trend, but I definitely wanted to hop on board with that trend because I do believe it, it creates a safe environment for families. It creates a safer environment for single moms to bring their kids in. You know, because some barbershops are maybe a little too rough for people, you know, and there's no knock, right. there's no judgment to those barbershops. But I believe when it comes to business 
everybody should be comfortable. You know what I mean? Whoever it is. It, it, the least uncomfortable person, we need to focus on making that person comfortable, whoever it may be. So I feel like having the men and women in the barbershop, it allows there to be more of a balanced um, environment. Uh, and it gives people, it, it kind of, in, 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 in a sense, it's, uh, it's also allowed people to be a little more vulnerable, uh, people to not be as tough or or as aggressive with one another. You know, it just, it creates a better sense of family, in my personal opinion. Um, and it's allowed people to grow. It's allowed us to have more business. You know, so I, I think it's been nothing but a blessing and the best decision we've ever made. And like I said, they're both really good. I'm kind of curious. So you, you obviously are not not shy of risk or shy of blazing a trail that maybe maybe no one's walked down before. Um, but I, I kind of want to know some things that I guess more more specific to your business that that have made a difference. So I, this is this is something I actually want to do every show, and I call it keep tweak delete. So one thing that you've kept in your business that's accelerated accelerated your growth one thing that you've tweaked to continue your growth and one thing that you've removed that was hindering your growth. So uh, let, let's start off with keep. What's one thing you've kept in your business that's, that's accelerated your growth? Um, just maintain, like you said, that, that environment, creating that environment that, you know, you asked uh, at the beginning of the interview, like what we were selling, you know, we're selling an environment. We're selling a, a safe place for people. And when people are in a safe place, it it opens up doors for whatever. <laughs> it, po- on a positive note, it opens up doors for whatever positive growth the shop could receive. So I, I'm that's the one thing that I will never change. I will always keep that uh, that standard, those morals, those values, and that particular uh, to continue to create that particular environment slash culture in, in this shop and any possible shop in the near future. Yeah. And, and just to kind of throw in a plug here. So I actually found your shop through a referral from my aunt. And she said that your shop was really welcoming. It felt clean. It's so she took her son to the shop, my, my little cousin. And so that's ultimately uh-huh. why I found your shop. So that, that speaks volumes, um, whether you hear that frequently or not. Um, what's one thing you would, you've tweaked in your business where you, looking at it at the macro scale that that's really helped that kind of like kind of like a golf swing you might you might pivot just a little bit and it completely changes your your shot what's what's one thing you've tweaked that really made that that difference um tweet that's a tough one i don't know you know uh, entrepreneurship is such a progressive thing you know Someone just asked me the other day, like, how long did it take for you to put your business plan together? And a mentor had told me this a long time ago and I didn't listen. But now that it's happened, it's like, oh, wow, he was right. You know, like your business plan is always recreating itself. There's some things, like you said, that you'll keep. There's some things that will never change. But for the most part, like it's it's a it's a it's an or it's like a living organism. It's growing. You know, it's never one thousand percent concrete. So things that I've tweaked, something that I've, um, I want to say any, if it was anything, it would maybe be, uh, how we operate with appointments, maybe, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, okay. we've, 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 you know, we have the new online booking system. So we've kind of just, that's a little bit of a tweak, I guess, opposed to, just one-on-one communication with people. We've made it a little more professional um, and made it more uh, organized in regards to how people come in and how people uh, get their hair cut. So um, I believe, I don't know if you ever used this. I believe you used the service a few times, right? Did you ever use the yeah. online booking service? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's great. Yeah. So traditionally, from what I used to do and what I had used to been doing was, you know, text message, write it down in your calendar, whatever case may be. You know, I would say that was that was probably one of the best things that we could have done. That best decisions we made was to make sure that we had online booking. 
and kind of helps you forecast your your business a little bit. Forecast the business, forecast the week, um, kind of weed maybe weed out some people that we don't really, you know, because somebody's all money ain't good money. Sometimes you need a better understanding of who's coming in and who's coming out of your shop, and it, it definitely helps us out a lot more. That's great. And then, what's one thing that you deleted or removed, and whether it was a bad system or or just how you maybe your marketing, like once, what's one thing that you said, ah, we're spending so much time and energy on this and there's really no impact for our business. So it's best to remove this. What, what's one thing like that for you? Um, I would say at the time, like I said, we're still a really new business. Um, we're very still in the, the growth phase, but I would say something that we cut out uh, maybe this year, you know, because we went through the first year and we kept everything that we had said we were going to do. Um, and something we had cut out this year um, may have been, yeah, these are tough. <laughs> <laughs> these are definitely tough. Um, what did we cut out? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't like pinpoint you know an exact thing that we've particularly you know cut out of the shop to say like nope, that's not a part of the plan. Or, or maybe um, what's a what's a mindset shift that you, or something you would harp on that you've said I'm going to completely remove that out of my frame of thinking. That's possibly helped your business. Um. I would say that the thought that social one one of the mindsets that I do believe that I had or that I feel like I was leaning more towards was um, uh, that social media was like the leading in your marketing, like the sole leader in marketing and how you were able to build your business and your clientele base just based off of where we're at in 2019. And um, I will say that uh, those interactions those one-on-one interactions with people, meeting people, um, having events, hosting events, those types of things are starting to create um, a, a, a sense of marketing in itself. Um, those those referrals, passing out business cards, I guess going back to the old school way, going door to door in a sense, um, has, uh, has definitely been something that uh, we want to make sure that we stick to and um and focus on based off of what i what i had has had assumed that the industry was leaning towards you know and when i when i became a barber there was no social media like that i mean we have facebook um there was twitter but there was no instagram snapchat there people weren't sharing haircuts on on the web like that or marketing their businesses on the web like that when i became a barber so there was a lot of just like i said going person to person passing on the car getting to know them and and building a clientele, you know, through, through rapport. Um, so last year I had this big idea of, so yeah, I guess that's the one thing that I deleted. I, I had this big idea of this big social media marketing campaign to like make our barbershop the most famous barbershop in the world. And I guess I've in a sense let that go a little bit because I still, I still can see the benefit of, taking the time to personally get to know people, personally meet people, personally show up to their events, personally participate in their lives, and how that has helped our business grow. That's great. And I think that that just goes to show that um, there's there's one thing that technology, like I've, I've become fascinated with this lately. There's, you know, and you go to the grocery store, they have self-checkout and when you call into customer service, a lot of the, the beginning prompts are automated. But I was right. thinking about how companies can never truly get rid of customer service people because there's one thing that people have that technology can't convey, and that's emotion and compassion. And so I think that you making that shift is pretty fascinating that while everyone's on social media creating this this. I guess transactional sense of of business. You're you're really diving deep and and just adding 
adding branches to the to the roots of your tree one one client and new friendship at a time yeah and and you know like i said i think it's just something that's uh it's just the truth the truth will will remain constant (laughs) to the end of time people want to be interacting people may not admit it but people will always appreciate that one on those those interactions those physical either whether it's phone or whether it's face-to-face they'll always appreciate those interactions yeah and and so because you're so hands-on and and personal with your business what is what is the next level look like for you i mean because if you want to scale to maybe having another shop or maybe having a few shops or a franchise i don't know if that that looks like for you can you can you dive into how how what's your i guess what's your next big money move what's what's the next next goal or objective you have and how do you how are you going to keep that personal touch you know that's an interesting interesting way you put that um you know a lot of people ask me like what's the next big money move and you know I think at this point, what I've realized is what's my next big people move, you know, like what's my, how am I going to change my community again? Or how am I going to put something in place that empowers or impacts people or whatever the case may be? And typically when I do that, the money follows. However it follows, I usually don't know, <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right. But uh, I, 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 I'm coming to the realization that when you really put your heart in, in your drive into something, uh, and you give it your all, uh, usually money follows. So uh, another, some more advice I can give some entrepreneurs, you know, uh, think about the money, but don't focus on the money, you know, um, focus on changing, focus on changing people, help it focus on people and what you can offer these people and how you can impact these people's lives. And typically that will yield everything that you want, whatever it may be, you know, um the next step right now um you know i've definitely if, if more shops is in in the future that's definitely something that we've been talking about um not no, no more than maybe like one or two i don't believe uh and then right now me and my wife are in the process of putting together our nonprofit. and through this nonprofit, we definitely want to again just take it to the next level how we impact everybody around us from from children all the way to adults um, like I said, my wife, uh, she works for DCSS, but she's also a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. So we're working on putting something together to where, how can we take barbering with therapy and mix it all together and create something so powerful that it literally, we have something all over the world with what we create. And this is just a little speak of, speak of faith, but the name of our nonprofit, we're going to call it More Love. Um, and something that we, me and her always talk about is just how do we change the world? What's the issue? Like, what, what's the problem? How do we get people to be better professionals, better husbands, fathers, daughters, sons, whatever the case would be? And the problem is we, we need more love in this world. And um, the, the acronym for that, for more love, is men of righteousness and excellence and ladies of virtue and endurance. And the combination of two, the men and women, and we focus Man. on those aspects of each men, men and women. It'll it'll change our world. It'll help change our world, I believe. So that's our next big big project. It's a lot lot more to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. The, the, start, the startup the startup story part that'll be on your part two session. Well, I'll yeah. share that with you. Our part two. That'll be the sequel. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you're you're a super busy guy. Not sounds like you are a super busy guy. Um. But what's, I mean, before we get out of here, what's, what, what's one thing, or was there anything else that you thought you would want to share with the audience that, that, or something you thought the audience would want to know? Um, you know, I think that a lot of times people want to be entrepreneurs, um, and I encourage everybody to be entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? It's definitely a, it's um, it's a fulfilling life. And you have to remember that entrepreneurship is a fulfilling life, because, like I said, if if money's the focus, 
you may be turned off by entrepreneurship, you know, depending on whatever industry you get into. Um, entrepreneurship might not yield the money that you had presumed that you were going to get. That's why when you get into it, there has to be more of a motivator. There has to be more of a push and more of a drive and more motivating factors than the money. You know, uh, when I opened up the shop on my own, um, it, it, it was tough because I opened up the shop with this mindset like, oh, I'm going to open up a shop. I'm going to get barbers and I'm going to work less. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I had all these presumptions, right? But in all actuality, none of that happened. I opened up the shop. Instead of working four to five days a week, I ended up working seven days a week. Instead of working eight hours a day, I was working anywhere between 10 to 13 hours a day. So there were a lot of different things that changed based off of what I had expected or thought was going to happen. So like I said, when you, if, to, to, to the listeners, to the audience, when you say you want to be an entrepreneur, my best advice is be, make sure you get into something that you love doing. That way, just in case it doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to go, at least you know you still you you at least you know you're still doing the thing that you absolutely love doing. Well, that definitely goes along with uh, how I how I like to to look at entrepreneurship. It's kind of like you climb a mountain in the same way you run a marathon, just one step at a time. One step at a time. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and dropping some knowledge and really and really giving the the core of what what it, the the real deal beyond the Instagram uh, Ferraris and and the the flashing the you know whatever ridiculous stuff people do these days. Yeah. <laughs> giving some not not to i mean if that works for other people but yeah and and that yeah you're right if that works for you that works for you i just know me personally it's, it's sometimes it's a little bit of a show but yeah yeah you have a bigger vision yeah <laughs> so i guess before we close out where where could people find you what what's your website or what's your social where people can find what what our house is up to in the next moves for your your nonprofit? Yeah, man, that's gonna be huge. So for the most part, <laughs> that's gonna be huge. I will, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on a personal note. We're gonna talk about that so we can take that on the next show. But yeah. um for the most part, we're just at uh our house for our Instagram. That's R period H period O period U period S period E. And uh our website is welcome to our house.com. And you have all the information on there. There's bios on there, all the good stuff. So that's how people can reach us. That's, uh, you can set appointments. Um, you guys can check out our work, our services, and everything that we offer. And we'd love to see anybody that comes by. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Spence. This has been this has been really inspiring for me. Thanks for having me on, Jay. I really appreciate it, man. And I'm looking forward to uh, doing it again. What a powerful episode that was. You know, talking to Spencer and saying how he was actually on the traditional track that society has deemed what's what's appropriate and what looks like a happy life. Spencer was actually in college and kind of stumbled into his entrepreneur story by accident. And so that's something to consider, everyone, is that Sometimes you may not know where you're headed. You know you have a destination and you want to conquer something big. And whatever big means to you. Big doesn't have to be the next apple. Big could be starting a salon that brings families together. Big could be uh, starting a nonprofit that really impacts the community. These are all things that are big in their own individual way. But you have to have the foresight and the focus to make it happen. Big isn't just going to come to you like we discovered with Spencer. He was putting himself out there. And then that's when the universe kind of gave things to him, so we'll say. So when you're out on your entrepreneur journey, sometimes it's hard for us. We know we want 
we want more. We want to conquer something. But, but sometimes it just takes those daily actions and those daily steps to actually make something come to fruition. You know, sometimes they say, you know, death by a thousand slashes. Well, it's growth by a thousand steps. And so, like I always say, running a marathon is the same way you climb a mountain. One step at a time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really appreciated talking to Spencer. And wherever you're listening to this, guys, uh, leave us some feedback. I want this to be an enjoyable experience and a collaborative experience for all of our audience. As you follow us through our startup journey, we want you to be a part of that. Our success is based off of us giving you those golden nuggets or, or our guests or, or little tidbits that you might pick up along the way. And so wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Spotify, our website, um, be sure to go ahead and comment and tell us, tell us what you think. How can we be better? Um, that's the only way this is going to be a more enjoyable experience episode by episode. And like any startup, uh, we're going to be learning along the way too. Um, so if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe on whatever your channel you're on. We're going to be releasing episodes every week, including our short dailies each week. And if you follow us on Instagram at this startup, um, we're going to be letting you know what's going on with each episode and try to keep you guys informed. And so with that, thanks for listening to the show today. Till next time, we'll see you at the top. <laughs>